Welcome to La Ventanita, the Miami Herald Food Podcast. I'm the Miami Herald Food Editor, Carlos Frias, joined every week by my bud over there, Amy Reyes. Hi. What's Look, I'm pointing on? the right way. Uh, uh, still, I can never, I can yeah. never get that right. I never get <laughs> pointing in the wrong direction. Anyway. Uh, no, all banter show today, man. All banter show. I think we have like so No guests. We have a lot on. to get into, though. I know. It's like the guests will be there. Yeah. The guests will be there. They'll be there. Right. But listen, before we before we get into the show, I need to discuss this pizza poll. We are at the yes. Elite Eight. If you must. Yeah, I will I want to discuss it because the people are not voting. <laughs> like Oh no. What happened? No. The people the are people not voting. voting. I don't know. They quit? Like, what's, they've given up. Like the okay, listen. So Vice City Pizza and Crust are well, Crust is one, Vice City Pizza is two. Everyone after that, like it's just kind of like they're, falling they're off not the going to make it. They're not going to make gonna, it. They're not going to make it. It's it's kind of like a two horse race right now. But that's um, how it so, turned. That's how it is. Most tournaments are like that. You got the one and two seed, and then okay, and but then listen, everybody else. We still got some contenders in here. At least one, because we've got okay. After Vice City Pizza, uh, you got Crust in first place. Vice City Pizza. Okay. Everybody else is kind of just you know sharing the the lower percentages. You got Frankie's Pizza. You got. Mr. 01 Extraordinary Pizza, you got Big Cheese, you got Miami's Best, you got Steve's Pizza, and you got Andiamo. So I have to admit, of those places, there are two that I have never been to. Which ones? I have never been to Frankie's Pizza, and I have never been to Steve's Pizza. Who are Frankie and Steve? Right? They're probably two buddies. That <laughs> Steve's Pizza, people people have loved that place forever. It's up there. Where is that up. place? It's across from um, from FIU North. Um, oh basically. yeah, that's why I've never been there. Yeah, that's why you've never been there. So I'd have like, candle. They make like like New York Manhattan style uh, pies that people love. You know, I mean, the only times that I've gone, I've had slices because you can buy you can buy pizza by a slice, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll put like the way you I'll can have, get it on the street in New York. Yeah, kind of right, exactly. Do they put you it on a white paper plate for you, and then you yes, pull it up and eat it plate, with your face? You do. That's what you do. You jam it into your face hole. But you can ask for toppings, and and what they do, what they do is they take the toppings and they just scatter them on top of the pizza and throw it back in the <laughs> oven and heat it up. Oh, and okay. I, and I had the worst slices of pizza in my life at that place because I. So you got the I wrong mean, toppings. I guess I got the wrong top, or I got it with toppings at all. I think the move is you get the whole pizza. Or you just get a cheese slice and they warm it up and keep that's it moving. The way to go. But like honestly, like I was like, these toppings came out of a can. Like I recognize this as canned. These are toppings. canned mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. These are uh, these are pepperonis that are floating in sauce and like and some I, oil. I mean, you know that I like Hawaiian pizza, and I remember at one point asking them like, you know, pineapple and, and ham, and they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. And the pineapple that I got back on that pizza, it was like. I took one bite and I was like, stuff. yeah, exactly. It's it's like they opened a can of Del Monte and just <laughs> dumped it all on top of the pizza. And I was like, this is this is pretty close to an edible. I just kind of, and that's the thing. You just kind of shake it and all the toppings fall off. So you and then you just eat the, eat the, cheese, the cheese. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, Pierre, Pierre is informing us that it is located at 12101 Biscayne Boulevard, which is out of the range of, of area that I am allowed to travel to within South Florida. So yeah, no, never. that's out of the realm of Kendall. Yeah, it's just That's I have north. I have a I have a passport. I can go to Co- Coconut Grove, Coral Gables. <laughs> I can even go to Doral and Hialeah. But like, once you got to get all the way up there, like I really have to I have to submit a petition to the committee. That has a uh, that has a king in the north. They don't let they don't let you go. <laughs> they don't let you go that far from Kendall. Wait, wait, you know, wait. It's funny. He's saying he's saying that there's one at one sixty two eighty five Southwest eighty eighth Street. Now nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. That's something. That's Is it a different some, Steve. some other Steve. Yeah, that's some other Steve. Yeah, Pierre, <laughs> I'm not the sure. Same Steve. I mean, I don't think that's the same Steve. I'm sure that there could be some back and forth, but I, I don't know. I mean, if if anybody's out there that's that's listening to whether that knows whether that's the that's the same Steve, let us know. Steves are, are avid pizza makers. I think. Yeah, is it going to be like Joe's, like in New York, where there's they all claim to be a the lot original of Joe's, Joe's make pizza out there? Yeah. Yes. You know, well, you anyway. have to get north because I noticed uh, just before we went on, I noticed that uh, Paradise, uh, uh, Paradise Books and Bread, you know that that little wine bar, uh, yeah, yeah, that just it was named like one of was it Esquire's best, one of the best bar, bars? yeah, yeah, best, best bar. bar. Even though like they don't have cocktails, they don't have cocktails. Well, 
they just posted that uh, Bon Appetit named them one of the 50 best new restaurants in the country. Shoot. I know. I'm going to have to hoof it up there. But I also mean, on if- that list, also on that list were Los Felix Oh, and geez. Sunny Steakhouse, which is technically closed right now. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but but so three of the 50 uh, best new restaurants in the country, uh, Alpine's Bon Appetit, are in South Florida. Or in we're going to have to go. We're going to have to go to Los Felix. I definitely I definitely think that we need to, to put that place on our list. I mean, I, I've not I've I've been pretty vocal about this. We've tried three times. We went together. Oh, they you, were can, like, you nah, just can't get in. No, they were just like the hours that were listed online were not the hours. And we were just like, all right, I guess we'll go across the street then. But we, we did try. It's not for lack of trying. And now, you know. Well, now you can go to, to Bodega. Now you can go to Bodega or you can go to the little the place across the street if you if you if you want a taco. I can't even remember what that place across the street is called. We call it just the taco stand. It might oh, be yeah. called the taco. Is that what it's called? I, I forget the name of that place, but I've I've had tacos there and they are they are fine they're tacos. They're perfectly fine tacos. Yeah, I think it's more I'd like a mad. taco closet. It's like a taco closet, you know? Like it feels real closety. It is like that. There's there's like three chairs along one wall and I think that's it. Three counters. They're like you can wait here time. and get your tacos and get the heck yeah. out of here. Yeah. No, but Paradis, I think I told you I went a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, they closed like for the for a couple of weeks in the summer to recharge or whatever. And I went right before they did. And honestly, like their bread is fantastic. I think I mentioned that like wow. they're really malty outside and and they had like fresh, fresh uh, stracciatella cheese that you kind of like smear on it. And the wines were, you know, it was like a eight dollar glass of wine. Like you nice. can't. So that's that's what you get when well, you're in the Well, that's where CRA. you can go for your your holy communion meal. You get your bread, you get your wine. <laughs> Praise the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, they're in a CRA. I think I mentioned this, but they're they're in a CRA, so like North Miami wants to make that area um more palatable, more interesting. So they're basically like they're covering rent, they're subsidizing rent, they're going to start renovating the 125th Street. Um, they're going to put like nice palms and everything there. And there's like a little area. There's like a little food truck area that you can see from the highway at night. And they call it Nomi, N-O-M-I, Nomi. And it's Aww. like a little, it's like this little food truck spot on the right side of, or on the, let's call that the west East side. side. No, no, the west side of I-95. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so okay. you're going down I-95 and on the west side, you know, there's really, there hasn't been traditionally. You mean when you're going south down I-95, you look to the right? On the west the west. That's okay. how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna say that. The west, west of side. 95. Gotcha. So you look over and you see it, and uh, and it's like, oh, it's a, it's like a little like how they used to do in Winwood, where they had little food truck Cute. gatherings. So they, North Miami has some things going on, and I think things like this are 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 gonna help uh, keep them on the map. So I'm gonna have better. to leave Kendall. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to. Although Kendall, I mean, things are Dude, going on in Kendall. Second place in the pizza poll. That's all I gotta say. Vice City yep. Pizza is crushing it. And I mean, anybody who wants some good pizza, it is definitely worth the drive. And 11th and Street is going to open uh, right. in that same neighborhood. So yep. I'm I'm curious to see how that's gonna how that's gonna work. Two two pizza places, <laughs> two fancy fancy same, pizza places fancy. in the same well, area. I mean, if you can have two well, taco places in the Grove across from each other, you got to think about it because Harry's couldn't stay. Harry's Pizzeria was there. They were right next door to Gee. Remember? Yeah, and they closed. That place was great. Weird. Harry's was awesome. Harry's is great. I, I think yeah. it has to do. It, there's a restaurants are always like this magical recipe, right? Like mm-hmm. all these things have to work right. And it may have been like they may not have reached critical mass yet. At yeah, um, and before they at, closed, at, yeah, in that in that shopping center, they may not have reached critical mass. I think that's what's going on. But I think I don't know. I mean, with a, with enough buzz here, I think that that place finally is going to take hold. But but we'll. Well, see. I gotta say, people people are underestimating downtown Dadeland as a place, like as a like a culinary attraction. But it has tons of parking. Like the whole subfloor is just nothing but parking, right. and it's small, so it's not like it's like overwhelmingly you know like too big for you to do anything. So I think uh, downtown Dadeland should be the next um, Geralda Plaza. <laughs> come come to Kendall. There's plenty of parking. There's plenty of parking. You can drive your car. <laughs> Stop hating people. Make my life more interesting. <laughs> Please. Exactly. exactly. Anyway, so piece of poll, people, get on it. Vote for your places. The if, internet if needs Steve, you. If you're Steve and you haven't voted for your own place, get on it, Steve. That's up. Steve and That's the other up. guy. Frankie, why aren't you voting Steve for yourself? Steve and Frankie. 
Stephen Frankie. <laughs> Frankie's has a they they've been there for like seventy years. I want to say like it's Frankie. crazy. Listen, Burgerbeast is saying it's worth a drive to everyone else, but Amy won't leave Kendall. Well, listen. There you go. Vice City. <laughs> I'll leave Kendall. I think he's talking about Vice City, right? Yeah, probably. I, I, I'll leave Kendall for very specific missions. I'll go out for fitness. Like, I'll go out to ride my bike. And I'll go out for a meal that I'm, I've been guaranteed by two reputable sources is not going to suck. <laughs> like, that's what I'll leave Kendall for. <laughs> if not, <laughs> I'm ordering it's, it's Uber just like. It's just like sourcing for a story. You need to have two sources. They both need to be reputable. And they know? both have to be like, yeah, it's worth the drive. And it's worth right. your worth your money, too. Did anyway. I tell you about pizza? So I, um, so a couple weeks ago, or maybe like a week, 10 days ago, Gabby decided uh, that she was going to make starter at home. Sourdough starter. Like, okay. we skipped that. We skipped that I'm phase. getting real 2020 flashbacks right now. Yeah, yeah. No, we we missed that whole phase. I was just like, what what is everybody doing with this? Everybody's and, um, making starter. That's what they were all doing. And they were trying to give it to me so that I could make my own starter. Yeah, Go they're on. like, because the thing is, when you make starter, right, you basically, after, you end up having to take out half and add, and add flour for the amount that you took out and let it eat that. And then take out half and add more. So it's like you're going through cups and cups of flour, and you're going through tons and tons of discarded sourdough like discarded sourdough starter that's and um like until you get it to like again like a critical mass where it you can use it in pizza and stuff so uh so we started we we started it up and we we finally got it to the point uh yesterday where it was like in shape, like we, you know, you're supposed to take like a dollop of it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It separates like water and then like the thick paste. And then you mix it up, you take a dollop and you throw it in water. And if it floats, it's ready to go. So uh, I if took some of that. If it floats in what? In water. What you- Chica, you set a cup of water and you put a dollop of it. Look at what you did. You're you're infecting me with your with your. Sorry, I went to grab my cup and I did the same thing. <laughs> so the starter, you, you stir it up. You take a dollop of it and you drop it in some water. And if it floats, it's ready to be used. And if it doesn't float, then you throw it away? The, the, no, no. Then you then you have to wait for it to, to finish metabolizing the, the, the um, flour that you feed it. Because you keep feeding it flour. And, uh, and then it'll eventually do that. So I took, so I looked for a recipe and I found this one. And I kind of made a dough and I have it rising in the fridge. So I'm very curious now. To see how this ups my pizza game. And I want to, you know what I want to do? I want to make Detroit pizza. Like I've made okay. lots of different pizzas. So now I kind of want to make like a Detroit pan style pizza, like a focaccia style pizza. So Okay, do that thing. and invite me over. I will leave Kendall for that. 100%. All right. take your, You have to take your lactate though or whatever. I, I, don't, I will survive. <laughs> I will survive that. I'm, very, oh. I'm 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 generally curious, and you know I'm a pizza fiend, uh, so I'm I I definitely like I want to try something different. Yeah, this yeah. this show has been it's been a three week pizza <laughs> pizza marathon because we are really yeah. into pizza right now. Yeah. Anyway, pizza and sandwiches. Anyway, well, we did do something different. I did leave Kendall last week for uh, timeout market because Connie, we our did. coworker Connie Ogle, is doing a. She's revisiting all of the Miami food halls to try to kind of take the temperature of where things are at um, with the food hall trend, which was, you know, like a huge thing in like 2017, 2018, 2019. And so now, you know, there's a lot of turnover of the vendors and there's a lot of like different faces and there's some Especially graduates. With the pandemic, with, with the pandemic, yeah. we, we, a couple closed. Yeah. So we, we had a couple that didn't survive and a couple that mm-hmm. like opened up and and. So there's some new stuff and there's some graduates who've gone on to have brick and mortars. And, you know, so there's some some people who who really believe that they, they should always have a toe in it. And, you know, some people who just like moved on and, and got out. So and the other, we way, went to and the other way around, too. And the other way around, too, with uh, Ella's Ella's Oyster Bar. Remember, they, right. they were in a little Havana and they opened in Shoma and we really liked what they did. Well, Connie and I really liked it. You were like, that's yeah, not. I don't I don't mess with that. Yeah. Well, but the other stuff was good. The, you like yeah, everything, the, um, everything, anything fried. I would eat. Yeah, anything, yeah, cooked. anything cooked. Anything and cooked and not in a yeah. hard shell. That's like Bourdain said. Bourdain is like, you will have raw oysters until the day you have one bad one. A hundred percent. And I, I had a bad he muscle. He wasn't a raw oyster guy. He wasn't a raw oyster guy for that exactly. Like, like until you have one bad one. And then it's like, maybe Never I don't have again. to do this. Yep. Never again. It's, yep. it's just terrifying. It's crapshoot. But- 
the the trip to timeout was it was it was it was good to to see where things are but i yeah. feel like i feel like um they really opened with some really heavy hitters like local big names yeah and now i feel like it's more kind of incubatory it's more yeah. kind of up and coming smaller local names it's no longer like the best of there's like some other local places you might be interested in i mean there's still some heavy hitters you know yeah, uh, yeah. like uh um Jeremy Ford has Jeremy a place. Jeremy Ford there. has a place. That's right. And uh, the well, guys. I didn't go to it because it, it's it got something about the word crude in it. Or crude up. Crude up. Yeah, I'm not crude. eating that. Yeah, you're not <laughs> You're not for the raw anything. No, I'll no. eat ceviche and I'll eat like cooked sushi. <laughs> I know. But ceviche, no. is, ceviche is like, that's that's mainstream now. And, and that's yeah, cooked, no, but that's I think. Dish. It is cooked dish. That's why, I, like, yeah. I even ate ceviche. We we went to Cartagena this weekend, and I even ate ceviche oh. on the street in Cartagena. Cartagena, and- I'm super curious about, and we haven't talked about it at all. I'm curious what the what the vibe and the food is there because I really want to go to Colombia. I've not been to Colombia, and actually, the, there's a guy who's fixing some wood floors that I have here, and he's from he's from Cali, and uh, and you can always tell when someone's from Cali porque hablan así tienen una. Acento oh, really? Cali. You can tell the Cali accent. I had a good friend who was from Cali, so you could pick it up. But I was like, where's like if I go to Colombia for the first time, where should I go? And he was like he was like, He said Cartagena. Cartagena. Well, I feel Medellin. like if you're gonna if you're gonna go to Cartagena, it's gonna feel very familiar to you. Like it's if you've been to Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic or even Cuba, like it's gonna feel very familiar to you. Cause like they have a walled city that's very, you know, that has some of the colonial architecture and some of the post-colonial architecture. And it's it's one of the most fixed up colonial zones that I've ever been to in like the Caribbean area. You right, know, like right. it's 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 bigger than the one in Puerto Rico. It doesn't have as many cool old forts like within it but it has like churches and it has like you know it has like a ferragamo store it's got like it's really developed so all of those oh, old you've, timey you've arrived when you vote when you have a ferragamo store i'm saying it and and according to to the locals it's where it's where the rich colombians come to vacation and shop like that's oh, where that's they go to like buy stuff you know and, where there's a lot of rich colombians that come to shop in that little miami upper, <laughs> no the yes but specifically in that upper buena vista area really Yes, What's there? We, went, we went there and there's well, there's a restaurant, you know, Verde. I think it, it might have changed names, but they have a bunch of little shops. And, and a couple of times that we've gone, it's full of like red bottom, uh-huh. wearing, Colombian, you know, Colombian yeah, rich folks, Colombian rich folks. And uh, and it's really interesting. And they have good coffee and and the prices in that little district. It's like it's like a little back alley type of thing filled with little shops. It's very cute. And it is incredibly, everything is incredibly Everything's expensive. expensive. I paid like $6 for a cortado. I was like, nice. this is insane. I remember we went there, me and Connie went there when it first opened. And the, the shops hadn't all like been, all, there hadn't been, like all the vendors hadn't been put in place yet. But it did look, it was very cute. It has that really cute patio and like the, the tree in the center. Right. So what, that place so was nice. Of the, of the food that you had in Cartagena, was there something that blew your mind that you like now want to seek out here? That you want to eat here, I would Miami say, or, or find here? I, I would say that it, it, it just felt very familiar, you know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like very familiar, and it's like really good. Like, don't bother eating beef, just always get the fish. Like, that's oh, the way yeah. that's the way you got to play it in Cartagena. Because, like, I went to a couple of um, oh, and even the tourist traps have good food, like, all the food's good. So, like, we oh, were wow. walking down nice. the street, we were supposed to go to this one restaurant, um, I can't remember the name of it, but like, these restaurants are tiny because they're in they're in the colonial zone. So they have like an upstairs and a downstairs and they see, they have maybe, you know, maybe 20, 15 tables all together. And so like the Jeez. place that we went, they're like, yeah, sorry. So we go to the corner and there's this one lady with the, like, you know, the arrow, like pointing to go to this restaurant down here, <laughs> come, right. come eat over here and you're hungry. So you just do it. And then I was like prepared to be disappointed. disappointed. And the place is called 1533, which was important. Cause I guess that's when Cartagena was founded. Okay. All right. And um and everything was good. Like everything was good. I got wow. um my husband got the ceviche. Uh my kids got my my son got a chicken dish, but you know, kids they don't they don't like food. Yeah, yeah. Chicken is safe for them. Yeah, and I got some local fish with a sauce and like coconut rice and some vegetables and white girl stomach was fine. The All fish right. was super flavorful and, and like the sauce was good. Like they really like to put coconut in their rice. And by the third day, my kids were like, could they stop like putting coconut? Please, no coconut. <laughs> we'll have everything except the coconut. 
Yeah, oh, but, but that's it was, interesting. So they they've gotten good. to the point where it's they're they're kind of they have like a standard fare, like they have like uh like not just local stuff. They're they're yeah. You're, you're getting very kind of. Uh, it just felt very for, Caribbean for an American palate. It's if, well, it sounds like they they're they're very welcoming to an American palate. Then like like we can we can make slightly interesting food, but but very but but bland if you need it to be. We'll yeah, no, it didn't. Anyway. There was no spice that hurt me. <laughs> I was <All> right. fine. <laughs> okay, it was fine. But the one thing I will say, um, they're on Caribbean like Caribbean time like exponential. So oh, one time we went I to know this what one. That means. We went to this one restaurant in this little part of uh, Cartagena called Getsemane, which is like the it's like the up and coming hip area. And it was like okay. this cool tapas place where you're supposed to order like 15 dishes and share it. And, you know, and I counted I put on my 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 timer to see how long it took the first dish to come out. It was like 26 minutes. Wow. And I was, Why did you put on a timer? Was it cause things, because things? Because my be previous longer? experience at other restaurants was that it was taking a long time. And we it was kind of a joke at that point because like the service was just it just seemed like the 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 it just seemed like they were on vacation time. Like I just need you just right. need to relax and order more beer. That's it. Like cause Oh, okay. Well that's not a bad I mean it sucks if you're really hungry. Like if you're starving. Does. Like and I'm always bring really hungry. Do they bring something out fast? Like a Cuban nope, restaurant, they'll have the nothing. pancito, no chips. Always no get an appetizer because, yeah, the appetizer will come out in 20 minutes. Oh, so you I should, see. I see. So you should get an okay. appetizer. And then after that, the meal will come out in 30. So, so what you're saying is bring food with you. Bring, bring a, bag a, bring a snack. Right? Bring, <laughs> bring a snack. <laughs> <laughs> if you bring a snack, then you'll be good. And, you know, so it was just that, like, it felt like one night we went to a – um a restaurant called Anna, which is like a new hip. It's one of those restaurants that everything's green and pink and palm fronds and the, and the bamboo style or like the, the rattan style, um, uh, okay. uh, lamps, you know, like no, that's the no thing. Neon? That every, no neon, no there, neon wall. The neon signs, oh, yes, of course there was. I see the Miami influence. I see those, there's you influence back and forth there. Maybe it might be them influencing, influencing yeah. us. You don't I know. Agree. I agree. I think it might be going back and forth. So that place in particular, they were very overwhelmed because we were a huge party. So they, you know, after that experience, I was like, okay, I'm going to see if this is a thing. And so I, I timed the next place. <laughs> I was like, let's so see how long That said, every meal I had was good. Like I had no bad meals in Colombia. Not one, ba- one, not one bad thing. Not one bad piece of bread. Not one bad ceviche. Not one bad anything. That's, that's high praise. Well, I mean, that's, I'm going to put that on my list then. Yeah. I've been, I've been You'll enjoy it. You'll have fun. Yeah, that's that's a place that I really want to go to. Um we 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 were talking about um the timeout market. Was there a place that, that you remember that stood out to you that was like, here's a place that I would that I would definitely go to, like if I was on South Beach? What was the name of the um the Basque food vendor? The Basque food spot was was good. It was the place on the end. It was like three letters. It was like Leo? loose. Loose, but that's not it. It's something like that. Yeah, um, that place was legit. Like their potatoes were so good that I thought it was chicken. Like they were, they were like little pieces of, like just really well seasoned and had this nice sauce on it. On it, and it was it was good. And then their buñuelos. Um, did they were they the ones with the fried? Um, they had like they the had, fried. Exactly. They had these little fried buñuelos, these little uh, codfish buñuelos that were, they were just so fluffy. It was one of those things where you felt like if you threw them up in the air, they would never land, you know? Yeah. I those were good. We really were fighting cool. over those. Yeah. I really like those. Those were really good. God, I, um, I'm, I'm looking for the name of the places we're talking about it. But like, oh, and then aside the, from the that, Chicken aside from Jones. Place, the Chicken, oh, Jones, the chicken Jones, Jones chicken sandwich. Yeah. Legit. The, my, I think my, the problem with that place is with the timeout market is <clears throat> there's so much else to do in South Beach, like that that it's hard for it to compete. I.e., it can't compete um, because like the Citadel is in Little River and it's like in mm-hmm. a redeveloped part. You know, like it hasn't been a big tourist destination, so you would go there for that. Like you could really draw people for that. And Shoma Bazaar is in a landfill. I mean, it's not landfill. It's in it's in Doral. It, it is in Doral, which is Miami's landfill, and uh, like you, they made a destination because otherwise, you there's not like overwhelming reasons to go to Doral. Although they, I know they have a nice Doral. They have a downtown Doral. It's very nice. Um, but like those places have much less competition than like 
you're right off of Lincoln Road. Yeah, no, you know? it's true. But I think yeah. that like if you're if you're using timeout market for what you should use a food hall for, which is right. I'm I'm here with a bunch of people and I don't want to figure out who wants what. And we're all going to, we want to sit together, but we don't want to order together. Like, I think that, that it's a good spot for you. You know, like you can find something for everyone at that place in particular. Um, That said, the best place that, the place that I liked the best was the. um, Lure is what it's called. Lure, that's what it is. Yeah. That place was the best. And And it's it's Basque food. So, and the croquetas, their croquetas, we had spinach croquetas that were beautiful. They, they look like little, uh, little torpedoes. Yes, and they and they were just melting your mouth. They were fantastic. And then the yeah, well, Connie's gonna or something. she's gonna do her hot take on um, how it started and how it's going with the food halls. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like on the prep precipice of dropping that story. So I think I think we'll probably be talking about that next week to some extent. Probably because that's uh, I know that's that we're just waiting for that to come out. But uh, yeah, so. Um, you know, the other thing that the thing that we were really dealing with this week and, and part of last week was Larios. Yeah. Right. Like, I was uh, going to ask you about that because Carlos found the Larios couple and he found them in the most interesting place ever. You know, what's funny is like with most stories, they find me like <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily take credit for being the person that discovers new things, but trying to be aware of um, like what people are interested in, what people are excited about. And I get a call out of the blue from Maria Teresa Larios. Uh, Maria Teresa and her husband were the founders of, of Casa Larios, which for a long time was the standard bearer of, of Cuban food. And she goes on to tell me that they are now cooking at this. Uh, she tried to explain it to me. It's kind of like this big, I'd call it a venue and almost like an event space uh, that's called Roy's, uh, named after the guy who, who founded it, who's... Uh, who is Cuban American, born here, both the Cuban parents, uh, though he sounds like like he has a very American sounding name, Royd. Um, and she's like, "You got to come and check it out." And look, what was I? Th- and I was like, "You and I was like, and and your husband, who's ninety three, is cooking." And he's like, "Yeah, he's cooking every day." Which, of course, I'm like, "This cannot be true. This ninety three year old man is not going to be cooking every day." So I was like, "All right, I'll keep it in mind. I'll definitely try to stop by it. You know, at some point." And I just popped in like on a Friday night, just like a rather Friday afternoon because they close at uh, seven on Fridays. And I was like, Lip, I just want to see legit who is there when I show up. And lo and behold, Quintin Lario, they call him Nene, and the two, two guys that have been cooking with him for the, the one that's been cooking for the lo- least amount of time is 12 years. The other guy for 30. They're in the kitchen of this, uh, this big bus. And they're just finishing cooking like for for the service that afternoon. And I'm like, this guy's really here and he looks great and he looks totally healthy and he is actually cooking the food. Now, these two guys are carrying the bulk of the work, you know, like these two mm-hmm. guys his, are, are doing a lot the, of things. The assistant they, guys. Yeah. And they're like, you know, yes, you know, we let, you know, we tell him here, have a seat, you know, but he's mm-hmm. tasting every dish. And he'll sit at the front of the bus and then he'll like get up and he'll come over and he'll start stirring something and he'll taste it and he'll put something on the grill. So he's like very much involved. Wait, you said he's 92? 93. Dude. 93. He's going to be like his birthday is like in a month. So that's he's well into 93. Okay. Um, well, listen, you need to back up for, for okay. people like me who didn't grow up in Miami. What would like what did Casalarios mean to Miami and when when did it like when did this empire begin? Because I do know the 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 part that I know is from La Fragua. Right. You know, okay, so it, you know? it it kind of it has this really interesting story. So most folks hear the Larios name and they think of Gloria and Emilio Stefan and that they're somehow related because of the Larios on the beach. And it's true that they're somehow related, but it goes way further back than that. So Quintin and Maria Teresa Larios, when they came from Cuba, started cooking. He started cooking in, in the kitchen, and she was a waitress out front at this restaurant called El Trianon, which is El on Trianon. Flag- Trianon. And it's Trianon. on Flagler, Flagler and like 60, 64th or so. Uh, I know if Burger Beast is watching, he'll comment. He'll tell me exactly where it <laughs> he'll is. He'll tell you where it's so, at. 
So they started cooking there like traditional Cuban food. And you got to think this is the late 70s. So Cuban food is still like it's working its way away from the center of Little Havana out mm-hmm. into the into the uh, west, a little bit further west. And who were some of their most popular uh, clients? Gloria and Emilio Stefan when they were with Miami Sound Machine. Uh, as a story I heard was that they they would practice in a in a one of the ballrooms upstairs at this little this oh, little two story this little two story um uh two story strip mall spot. Uh that part I haven't confirmed, but but they were regulars at the restaurant and they would come, you know, come and eat. 68th, 68th and Flagler. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Burger, Burger Beast. Beast. <laughs> Thank you, Burger Beast. And uh so they 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 just became fans. And at some point they opened up their own restaurant further west on Flagler by the Mall of the Americas, and it was called Casalarios. And they did, they were doing the most consistent Cuban food uh, that you you could find in Miami. Like consistent and, and beyond consistent, like really flavorful and really like they really were putting everything in the, into their dishes at a time when, you know, like Cuban food was really becoming like they – it was like a lot of the a lot of the independently owned restaurants were were Cuban. Was this like, like had Versailles, before had, before La Carreta, before Sergio's? Was no, or was were they like, contemporaries? They were like contemporaries. So everybody's kind of vying for, uh, uh, kind of um, Cuban domination. In exactly. And so they had this this wonderful thing where they had like you'd have the Estefans going and you'd have like cele- like local celebrities would go to that place. They like Casalarios the next to the International Mall. Yes, because okay. What was the <laughs> so the food well, was great. This food was great, but also Maria Teresa is like this consummate host. So she's the one that's like like Nino Pernetti. Like people love uh-huh. that place because they felt they were they had a personal connection to the place, and that's how they felt with her. Like she made you feel like you were family, you know. Mm-hmm. And over the years, uh, you know, they they made lots of friends over the years. They they opened several restaurants. And at one point, all the restaurants closed. What happened is, as I understand that that there was there was problems with management. Like once they got mm-hmm. older, other people started becoming involved with uh, with managing the restaurants. The restaurants got over leveraged, and they ended up. I think they ended up like technically bankrupt. So they had lost. They lost everything, um, and they were just kind of in retirement, and they were kind of withering away. You know, the old folks. Although they themselves, as I understand it, weren't like the the ones managing the money. And they had a, uh, a cousin, the cousin who um, the Larios folks helped get out of Cuba. And they had become very successful selling fruit. Like they have they have a, a, a fruit import business, a fruit and vegetable import business um, in like Alapata, which is all being bought up. And, um, and they decided they were going to open a restaurant with some of the fruit that they were importing and, you know, the produce that they could get their hands on at a, at a decent price. And bring the Larios folks back to work. That's what they did. And they opened this restaurant called La Fragua. They didn't want to call it Larios uh, for whatever reason. Um, and for a while there, it was great. Like it was, I mean, they were, again, making consistently fantastic Cuban food. And again, that has a lot to do with them bringing in staff. Um, I want to say that the, um, the the one chef who's been with them, he's been with them for 30 years. Like uh, the guy's name is. So he's followed the them from Sergio. place to place. Yeah, exactly. And when La Fragua closed and they went into retirement again, uh, that was, and when they came out of retirement, that's the guy that they called to whether he, you know, to see if he would come back and join them. So they Well, wait, back up, back up, Carlos. What happened? What is, is there any connection between them and Larios on the beach though? Right. So the Estefan. Was that part of the empire or was that? The Estefans follow them to the new spot, right? And they're like, this food is so good. We would love to do something with you guys. So the Larios folks, including that guy who was the assistant chef, uh, the same guy, um, uh, the guy's name is Sergio. I can't think of his last name. It's in my story today. Um, they designed the menus for a Larios on the beach. So they okay. become partners with the with the Estefan folks for Larios on the beach. And for the Bongos Cuban Cafes in Orlando, downtown, like they really get into the, like they, the, the Estefans use their name and then the Larios food to create this, this brand, okay. a brand so strong that most people now associate Larios with the Estefans. 
Well, it's it's uh, tough because I mean they're like the king and queen of Miami. You know, of course, of course. So, okay, so I, yeah. jump ahead. So that's how so, so that's how they became involved. Gotcha. So Burger Beast just pointed out that La Fragua opened in the original, in the original Larios. Uh, right. There was Casa some Larios. romance. There was some romance to that because when they were looking to reopen that restaurant, um, they found that this place was for rent, and it had been like a grubby restaurant bar with like uh you know it was like like maybe there was an illegal strip club in it like there was it was super grubby <laughs> mm-hmm. and they basically just like gutted it and made it a brand new restaurant um and again like for a while there it was great but then the pandemic came and any kind of financial straits that they may may have been in you know the folks who aggravated who it, yeah folks who owned it had an import business you know like they had other things that they needed to worry about so they sold the restaurant this was, uh, I want to say, February of 2021. And the old folks had gotten COVID, too. So it was like, wow, they got COVID. You know, the restaurant is suffering. Back. Yeah, it's like he was in his 90s. You know, like how much longer are you going to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they do step back. Um, but just within the last, just within a, a couple months before then, this guy, Roy, Roy Lemus, uh, Lemus, I'm sure is how they pronounce it in Cuba, uh, <laughs> He he's a, he's like an FIU grad, a Columbus boy, you know, like he went into local politics. He was working for Alex Pinellas' office at one point. He was like a He's uh, a Miami guy. Yeah, he's total Miami guy. He's in public administration. You know what I mean? Like he's in mm-hmm. like he's in the Miami he's in the circle. Mix. Yeah, he's, he's in, the in mix. that he's in that circle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and and he just decides that that one of the things like he's he goes into construction, so he's making plenty of money just making um building like nice estates for for Miami's rich. I think he built one for like a, a car dealer recently. So like folks with a car dealership have money to throw around, built a big estate. So, but the thing he'd always wanted to do is, is on these plots of land that he'd bought in the Redland, he was, he was farming uh, like um, ornamental plants. And he always had this idea of, of uh, starting like a little farmer's market on this, stretch that face chrome avenue so chrome and 208 so south of quail roost quail roost is 200 so this was 208 and uh, and chrome which is 177th avenue um he decides he's gonna uh you know like uh do some kind of farmer's market now that had been in the works for a while and you know uh west of a certain street you can't have any more new development you know that, right? Like that's that whole argument that they're having about new development uh, beyond. Um, I forget what the street is like, one sixty seventh or whatever. Like there's a there's a line of demarcation where you're not allowed to to develop further west. And he got shot down several times in that spot. I was looking in our, in our archives uh, to to do like a farmers market. Um, but eventually, they must have approved some kind of. Uh, um, some kind of commercial rezoning that piece to some kind of commercial. And, uh, and he'd been at like, he'd been sitting on that for something like 10 years. And then, so he hears about the Larios folks retiring and he has this idea for turning that plot into almost like a, like a food truck part. But instead of trucks, he has like these stationary, uh, like commercial buses, like the kind of bus that you like, like kind of greyhounds, bus? like a tour bus. Exactly. Like three big tour buses. And he guts them, and they look brand new, and they're painted, and then he's they got have like AC, kitchens in each one. You can't have that man in there with no AC. No, it, they're blasting AC. To me, like, okay, I was going to say the, that poor the AC, dude. The AC could have been a little bit stronger, but like when I went in there, I was <laughs> but like, when you're cooking, I was like leaning up close to the AC, like get mm-hmm. colder. Uh, but but they are blasting it, and and um, and there's only three people in that kitchen, okay. and um, so he says. What I need down here is a draw to get people down here. So he's like, why don't I get the Larios? That he has known since he was one of those customers that is like family to these folks. Like he grew up sitting at the counter in Maria Teresa, like feeding him ham croquetas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he know, he's known these folks. He shows them his plans and they're like, we'll do whatever you want. Because Aww. they just, they want to be out and cooking. And so that brings us to where they are now, which is like these folks who are like, I call them, you know, the king and queen of Cuban cuisine are now again cooking um and it's like all their greatest hits 
So we'll see. We'll see if people will make the trek down there. They already have. Like we're already seeing. I would say I would. I would go just because it looks it looks like something I would take my kids to, mm-hmm. you know, and like um, and you know, like it, it's kind of like like I've taken my kids further south for less. <laughs> I've taken my kids further south just to get a milkshake at Robert for is one, here, you know, one shake. Yeah. Yeah. One shake and like, look at that peacock over there. You know, look at the goats. Like they have a little, a little petting farm. So I definitely, this place looks adorable. I mean, I, th- I think that they, I think that they want to, they want to eat Robert Azir's lunch. Uh, well, you know they, something. Cause, cause one of those trucks like- is devoted to like just shakes and desserts. And another one is all sandwiches. So like, well, you know what I mean? They're trying to. I think that Robert is, is like slowly considering packing it up. You know, so it, Robert yeah, might not be here much longer. They were, were talking. That? Yeah, we were hearing it because he's he's frustrated by the development going on down there, and so he's just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this much longer. Yeah, there's only. But so we'll long see. But I think that this has potential because there's nothing. There's nowhere to go but south at this point. If you want to like spread out, the the thing that that this reminded me of, it looked kind of like a western theme, like Winwood Yard type of place. Like it's yes. like a venue. Like it's got a it's got a like no, what a did patio. You call it? What did you call it? Uh, what the what? <laughs> the Western Yard. It- no, you called it the Westworld. The Westworld. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Westworld. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of have that vibe to it. That was Except funny. like you don't kill robots. And no stuff. murderous robots? No, no murderous murder- sex robots? No. You know what it looks like? It looks like a much <laughs> a much less, um, it looks like a kind of like a Cracker Barrel, but like not Outdoors. as. Yeah, not as Cracker barrel <laughs> Yeah, they need a little gift shop with, uh, with knickknacks. Exactly. Uh, but it's, it's it's cute. It's cute. I could see it as a place. Okay, like that. The, here's yeah. a question for you. Do they have yeah. a bar? Uh, they don't have a liquor license. So okay. that's like, and I actually asked them, I was like, are you guys doing BYOB? And they're like, we're trying to figure out the legalities of that. Okay. Because they don't have, I, they don't have that. And I, my guess is that they are there under some, something that's not quite fully development, like some mm-hmm. kind of, some commercial zoning, but that doesn't allow certain like permanent structures. That's my guess. And okay. I think that I think that will make it difficult for them to get any kind of like liquor license. But I could see a BYOB at some point. Yeah, I would. I mean, it thing. seems like the kind of place where if you could bring some beer and like, yeah. you know, like if you could bring some beer and sit outside and eat, that seems like a, a an afternoon. And ride the mechanical bull. Don't forget the totally. mechanical bull. He Definitely. was going on that, that it's like certified by the professional Bull Riders Association. Bull Ride Machine Association. Yes. It's like you could qualify for like an actual event on that machine. I don't know how that works. I don't know. That I sounds did, I did amazing. Not, I did not uh, second source that and double check it. So I didn't I didn't write that. Uh, well, that seems whatever. like a sport that, that seems like a sport that will get your neck broken. Yeah, exactly. Have a bunch of shakes and then ride the mechanical bull. I'm sure that that. What could go out. wrong? What could go wrong? Exactly. So yeah, I, I'm I'm curious, you know, like there's not a lot of places that um, that have a lot of tradition, and somehow the Larios folks have managed to uh, keep keep a, a loyal following, even though they're they're older, you know. But those older folks show up with their kids and their grandkids, and you know, they still have a name. That's amazing. Name. That that's yeah. really amazing. Like they have a dynasty. They 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 have like a following without Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do we have going on this week? There were there was another opening. Oh, there was an announcement. About. There's another restaurant coming to La Palma, that building oh, that they're yes. rebuilding in, in Coral Gables, the one where I got married. Right. I was going to say you had some special connection to it, right? Yeah. You got married there. Yeah, I did. In uh, the year 2003. It was an Italian restaurant. Yeah, called La Palma. Um, but now it is no more. <laughs> they are remodeling right. the whole thing. And as you reported previously, Thomas Keller is going to bring um, – his a restaurant Bouchon. was Bouchon. Bouchon, yeah, Bouchon Bistro, which is like. So we're uh, getting another restaurant there from um, another Michelin star chef. Um, his name he's is. He's going to open up another Omakasi. Yeah, Shingo. He's going to open up an Omakasi place. He Shingo Akikuni. He was the executive chef of Hayden, which is that secret Omakasi restaurant in um, back of a taco stand in Wynwood. Right. And he got himself a Michelin star for that. And now he's about to go open his own spot in that in that space. So it's going to really elevate that corner. It's going to make it a real dining destination. Yeah, he can't I take his stars, but he's taking his talents. 
He's exactly. To, to he's games. the one that got it. He's the one that did right. it. Like those omakases are very chef dependent. Like yes, without the chef, you can't. Exactly. The, those omakase places exactly are totally, really, truly chef driven. A hundred percent. Like that restaurant could just be. It's like a one man show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like he's taking his yeah. one man show to Coral Gables now. I the one of the big things that they made a uh, a thing that they made a big deal about is that uh, they're going to have one of those counters that's built. In Japan, their sushi counter is built from uh, Hinoki, Hinoki Cypress Street in Japan. They build it out, then they break it down, ship it over, and rebuild it like in that form. And that's like actually a thing that a lot of the high-end sushi places do is that they will – they specifically, the counters are made from Hinoki Cypress Street. And apparently it has some kind of like natural antibacterial antifungal qualities. Uh, which well, is if like you think what, about it, that, that's where they're doing all the work. You know, and yeah. like at, when I went to the, the omakase yeah. at um, oh, the den at Azabu, mm-hmm. homeboy was like wiping everything constantly. It was just like OCD cleanliness. Like they they are very very into keeping their their workspace clean. Dude, so like you have to. Like I made fish last night, and I I washed my hand twenty times. You know, like yeah. wash your hands, wipe the surface, clean the the. You know, you're constantly cleaning and cleaning and cleaning because I like I'm I'm terif- terrified of foodborne illness and stuff like that. You know. You, um, but so yeah. It, yeah, I had to have like three people eat that ceviche on the street in Cartagena before I even put a spoon in it. I was like, oh no, <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys were, are the you guinea were like, pigs. You were like the king, you know. You had to sit back and make sure nobody. Yeah, uh, I needed the tasters. Nobody killed over, <laughs> exactly. The royal, 100%. the royal WGS tasters. Exactly. Yeah, so that place is going to be interesting. I that little corner is going to be interesting. I think. Yeah, um, La Palma is a great. It's a great building. It's really beautiful, and it's like, you know. It's just like it's it's one of those places that feels real Gablesy. So like the fact that they're bringing some really elevated cuisine to it is going to make it even more impressive. Right. Um, you know, I I think we we've got we covered a lot of stuff today, but I, I I keep thinking about this this story we talked about last week where he tells a story. We had a good time with it, but then like we stopped talking to Jeremy Ford, and I sat down and I was like, I cannot believe that story. Yeah. So he told us this great story. Uh. About First of all, people. Jeremy Ford was probably he he was probably one of our best interviews because he's Easily. just he was so forthcoming. Easily he was one of the best ones because he was very forthcoming about everything, very honest. And then he had this little nugget of a gem <laughs> yeah. about Anthony he's, I mean, Bourdain. He's a TV guy, so he gets it. He understands yeah, he it. storytelling and personality and everything else. But also you have to be that kind of person that's willing to share a lot of those details. And he tells us this amazing story. Like, can we just talk about that? Can we just, uh, this amazing story about how he, you know, he's into jujitsu. And I was like, oh, Anthony Bourdain was into jujitsu famously. I remember watching the, the last documentary about him. And he's like, dude, that he got a chance to wrestle Anthony Bourdain. And, and Pierre, do you have that clip? Do you want to play that? Uh, Anthony Bourdain was doing jujitsu for a long yes, time. Yes, I trained uh, with him, bro. Come on, oh, bro. I trained no. with him, what dude. What was that like? Oh, my dude, God, that- dude. He- because he, when he, he came his, to town, tell me, yeah. yeah, yeah, when he came to town, dude, uh, I was at Fight Sports, which was off Second Ave, right, okay. and down okay. here in Miami, in Miami Beach, okay. uh, across the bridge, uh, and I was there just training one day, and then I see uh, our our uh, professor, who you know, uh, from Fight Sports, he was over there doing a private lesson, and I'm like, dude, that guy looks like Bourdain. And I like, and, and I obviously was like, you know, I got, it gives me goosebumps right now just talking about it. So he was over there and I was like, dude, I got to get a match with this guy. I was like, I don't care if I get in trouble. I was like, I can't leave without at least a quick two minute thing. So when he got done uh, his private lesson, I was like, man, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I didn't even have time to take a picture, which I'm so bummed about. But I, I, I went up to him and I was like, man, I'm a huge fan. Can we get a quick roll in before you leave? And he was like, "Yeah, for sure, for sure." And I, dude, I kicked his ass, man. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, and, I was, and I was being gentle. I was being gentle, but uh, but yeah, that will go down in my in my books, man. Right for sure. I think that's better than a picture. That yeah, I, I, you're right, Amy. You're so right. <laughs> right to heal to hear the the squeal of submission. <laughs> to hear the lemon. <laughs> I crushed him. Did, did, did you submit him? Did you submit him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like four times. 
Oh my god! Oh, so he yeah. was like tapping out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, submit yeah. like like either submit or me. I will or I will, you will pass out in my arms and not in a and not in a not in like a, a romantic baby. way. Did he have to yeah. say a safe word? He was like peaches, peaches. <laughs> Yeah, that is so that a wild cool. story, dude. That is a yeah. wild story. Oh my god! <laughs> I just, I love. I was just like, I'm glad that you put that clip. That was fun. <laughs> now, Jeremy Ford has to be a badass. Like Jeremy Ford has to. Be, uh, oh, I'm serious. I mean, Anthony yeah, Bourdain's an old man, butt. and he's a young man, but he's he is legit. I mean, to to do jujitsu for 15 years, like. You have to be. A, yeah, don't mess with you him. You have to be a baller. Don't mess with <laughs> don't that guy. Don't try to rob him. Bourdain was probably like, "Oh no." <laughs> gonna... But that's a cool story to have, kind of in your back pocket. You know, like the Bourdain Definitely. story. God, man. All right, Carlos. We before we go, I... no, no. Before we go, I have. I... I'm gonna make you kiss, Mary kill something. Oh no! All right. Yes. Okay. Before we go. All right. We went to okay. no, no. We you gotta remember. Remember mm-hmm. our experience in the timeout market. What are you gonna kiss? What are you gonna marry? What are you gonna kill in the timeout market? Oh, okay. All right. Kiss, Mary, kill, timeout market. Um, you know what? I am going to kiss that chicken sandwich from Chicken Jones. Okay. That chicken sandwich was crunchy. Yes. It was well seasoned. It had other accoutrements in it. You know that add a little bit, of, add a little bit of vinegar to it. I remember really liking. It. I think like that was a really great chicken sandwich. So I'm gonna kiss the chicken sandwich. Um, I am going to kill these Dan Dan noodles that we had at, uh, at one of the spots there, uh, which honestly, they had an egg roll that I really liked. I can't think of the name of the place. Panda. It was the vegan place. It was, yeah, it was the vegan, the vegan Chinese place. Yes. And, and I had some egg rolls there. Uh, they were more like spring rolls, actually. The cinnamon, the cinnamon. Yes. You didn't appreciate the cinnamon in those egg rolls. I really liked them. Like I actually really liked those egg rolls, but the Dan Dan noodles were, were over and they were almost chewy and I didn't, I I, could kill that dish. Um, but I'm going to marry, uh, those puffy codfish muñuelos from Lure. Like those okay. were really good. I will. I could have nice. those. I could have those every time they go. And the thing is, there were like only like five of them, so like yeah. you could order those and whatever else you're gonna have. And totally, you know, and have your little your little fluffy balls of little fluffy <laughs> fluffy fish balls. Your little fluffy <laughs> fish balls. I'll stop. stop. Yeah, stop it. All right. Well, that that feels like a show. Yeah, it feels like a show. We I think we went over all the stuff. We went over all the stuff, and and you know we're gonna have a good. Uh, a good guest in the next couple of weeks. I'm working on one that uh, I think should be a lot of fun. Uh, there is, uh, I, I don't want to give it away, but, but I, yeah, I, I already know. I already know there's going to be a lot of brewing out over vehicles. There is going to be <laughs> brewing out over vehicles. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to read about cars just yeah. so that I feel no, part actually, of the it's better, chat. It's better if you don't, it's better. <laughs> your commentary will be better if you don't. Ignorance is my that brand. One. That's right. And stay on brand, <laughs> but we'll hopefully we'll, we will have that show. I'm I'm excited about it, so we'll make it happen. All right, Holmes, that feels All right. like a show. All right, peace out until next time. Until next week, deuces. deuces.